Hello. Welcome to Falter Ego episode 17. How are you doing? I'm having a slightly better time than I was last time. But um, still feeling pretty rough, but there you go. It's going to be a, it's an ongoing process, isn't it? Um, anyway, in this episode, I thought I would talk about uh, how... Something, something I was reflecting on uh, recently, which is um, just how similar the tactics you need... Well, basically, something I learned while dealing with my, uh, look, my mother's dementia... So I realized there was a sort of transferable skills from, um, turn myself up a bit there, transferable skills uh, in terms of like how, how you deal with someone who is living in moment to moment delusions um, and how you deal with someone who, uh, and arguing with people online. <laughs> um, and I realized uh, and especially people who, who with whom you disagree and and especially people who uh, have gone a certain a distance down a certain rabbit hole um and let's keep it I'll try and keep it as apolitical I'm not saying oh queuing on or all fuckwits because that's that's part of the problem that I'm going to be talking about but I realize it, when you're talking to these people um Yes, I just realized there's a certain kind of approach that seems to work with dementia and people living within uh, delusions real time that you can see unfolding and people who have been sort of captured by a, uh, a rabbit hole um, on the internet and why the same approaches that don't work with someone with dementia uh, will also not work um, with someone uh, you're arguing with on the internet now. So the the, the thing b- before going home. So I went home in July and August uh, to help look after my mum, uh, not fully knowing what to expect because uh, I'd only been talking to her on um, through FaceTime and stuff, uh, or you know Google Meets and all that uh, for the past two years, courtesy of the pandemic, um, <laughs> which was brutal. Um, and, oh, is he going to say the pandemic was a load of shit? No, I'm just saying it's weird not seeing your mum for two years. Um, only seeing her through a screen. It's like I've seen ads more than I've seen my mum. <laughs> but that product is my mum now. Um, <laughs> there's those weird ads for get AI to write a blog post for you. Like I've seen that more than I've seen my seen my own mum. But I... Uh, so yes, I, I wasn't fully aware of what her condition, I, I wasn't fully aware of what to expect. Uh, also because my dad had been bravely keeping the worst of it from us, I think, to try and not concern us too much. Anyway, but I read up on dementia and delusions and all these sorts of things and and uh, this will work and this won't work when dealing with someone who is, you know, uh, saying things that quite clearly don't correspond to uh, reality. So um, I read up on all these things. And lo and behold, they 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 came uh, they came in handy. They really really did. So there's a few. The, the the main thing the main thing not to do with someone who, whether it's through dementia or some other form of mental uh, health issue that causes some sort of disorientation or delusions, is to just not flat out contradict what they're saying and saying, well, you're wrong. 
Because to them, and this is also true of people who've fallen down a rabbit hole or are now part of some hateful organization or whatever, to them it's like, it's real. It's really real. And so just flat out contradict them is, is uh, it's either insulting, it's definitely distressing because suddenly they're like, well, but I'm basing my whole existence on the assumption that this is true and I'm to me it feels real. So really all you're coming across as is like aggressive and like you're not actually listening to me, like you're not actually hearing or empathising with what I'm going through right now. Um, so that, the, the first thing you do is you, you don't, uh, yeah, you don't contradict them outright. Um, so... For example, with my mother, um, and I'm guessing dementia patients generally, um, you know, there were things like she would wake up in the morning and you would find her packing her bags because she was convinced she was in the wrong house or that she needed to go and visit her parents in Edinburgh, which is where she was born, um, and that she was late to go and visit them. doesn't matter that both her parents had been dead for 40 years. Um, she thought that was true. She thought... She was in a house uh, with someone who kept stealing things from her. Um, she was convinced there were strange people in the house, um, that her dog wasn't her dog or had been switched for another dog. So lots of all these things. And it happened uh, mostly in the mornings and mostly in the evenings. Um, and you had to really brace yourself because it's, well, for it's taxing. It's very taxing. You have to really like try hard not to, um, you know, just go, yeah, but that's wrong. Like I can, if you want to go and see your parents, here's a shovel, you know, um, it's, it, it, you've got to just, because ultimately the, 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 the problem with these delusions as well is that they are, um, getting in the way of an outcome, which is that, you know, you want the day, to progress. So you have, you have a goal in mind. Uh, you know, we all want to have breakfast together. Uh, I want to get you dressed, you know, you're still in your pajamas, uh, at, you know, 11am and your friends coming over and we need to get ready for them to pop over or whatever. You got a doctor's appointment we need to get to. Um, we need to get you in your clothes. You need to have a shower, something. There's, there's something that needs to happen. So I, I have a goal. I have an outcome that I want to achieve, uh, for her sake, not, it's not for me, you know, like I want to, <laughs> um, I want to learn how to play. I, le I want to learn how to count cards in blackjack, mum. Come on, hurry up. It's, you know, they're, they're things that I have that me or my sister or my brother wanted to get done for her, get dressed, have a shower, get her fed. Um, so she's got energy, some healthy food in her and the delusions get in the way of achieving that goal because if she's worried that she needs to reach her parents, she's obviously not going to sit down. If she, you know, she's got to get all in her mind, she's got to get all the way to Edinburgh by midday. Somehow uh, she's not going to sit down and have, you know, a chopped up banana in some yogurt. <laughs> that's because that's just a low priority. If you think you're being held hostage um, against your wheels, like, yeah, but first breakfast, um, so there's a goal in mind. So the quick thing to do would be to just dismiss what she's saying. That's the instinct. Like if you, if you haven't read your research and uh, you haven't prepared yourself and I spent hours and hours 
and hours, days reading up on this. And, and, you know, if you just go in there and go, hey, I've got to go and see my, my dead parents, you're like, well, I mean, that's impossible, mum. I mean, they're, they're dead. If you haven't done your research, then that's the quickest thing. That would be the instinctive thing to do would be just to contradict them. But it's not the productive thing to do. It's the truthful thing to do. And it's, you know, from a uh, empirical standpoint, uh, it's, it's, you're, it's the right thing to do is to, you know, that's wrong to tell them they're wrong. But that all of those things, if you're only focused on who's right, then what you do is you strip that whole process of empathy um, and it leads to a counterproductive interaction because you will say, well, your parents are dead. And then she said, no, they're not. You know, they're, they're alive. Don't you tell me they're dead. Who are you? And, it you know, it stresses her out. And it just, you know, the whole situation blows up. And then now everybody's tired. Everybody's stressed. She still hasn't eaten breakfast or still hasn't got dressed. And now you're stressed and angry. And now you're in a worse position to respond to the next thing that comes out of her mouth, which might be that, you know, um, you know, where's her husband who's, who's also just passed away. So it's just, you know, everyone ends up worse off. Whereas if you say, okay, if you listen to what she's saying and show empathy and, you know, it comes back to the, the constant recurring villain of, uh, you know, arch nemesis of this podcast, which is the, the ego, you know, if, if you, if you're full of ego, then you're like, well, I just, I just want to focus on being right. You have to put that aside and put her needs first and show empathy. If you put that first, then the first thing you're going to do is listen. And then you're going to validate not necessarily the, the truth content of what she's saying, but the, just the experience of thinking that that's true. So, oh yeah, gosh, you know, um, yeah, I'd, I'd love, I'd love it if you could see your parents too. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think a trip to Edinburgh would be lovely. Um, so at least just get in the, you know, get your foot in the door with, with something that validates what she's going through. So you go, oh, oh, I'm sure you must miss your parents. You know, you must really miss your parents. Um, how does that feel? Like how, how long has it been since you've seen them? Um, you know, ask questions that don't contradict what she's saying, but just like, gentle prodding of the truth content of what she said, you know, like how long has it been since you've seen them and how old would they be now if you're, you know, how old are you? You're 76. How old would your parents be now? Um, which doesn't seem to, you know, uh, that doesn't seem to have an effect if, 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 if you logically work out that, you know, you're 76, your parents must be like 120. <laughs> parents are doing really well. Must be that Scottish diet of <laughs> whatever it is, oats and, uh, and mist. Um, but so you validate it and you add detail to it and you buy into it. And then of course you express some element of, well, look, um, seeing your parents is a great idea, but I mean, it's already, you know, 10 AM. If we leave now, um, you know, we're, just, we're not going to get there till like 4 or 5 p.m. We'll have missed breakfast, missed lunch, and then it'll be dinner, we'll be tired. Why don't we just, um, why don't we make a plan to visit them tomorrow and we'll write it down somewhere. And so again, you're, you're making her feel um, empowered. It's like, well, if you, you make a plan, you write it down 
and then it's on paper and you've done something about it and you've you've started taking your first steps to making sure this will happen. So all of these things are just like validating her experience and her frames of reference and all these sorts of things. Um, and then you say, but anyway, I mean, if we're not going to see them today, we may as well go and have breakfast, you know, or oh, I just heard the kettle boiled or I'll go. Anyway, while you write it down, I'll pop the kettle on, we'll have a cup of tea and then we'll, you know, make sure we have a lovely day. We'll go out to a park or take the dog for a walk or, or anything. And it, so you've just redirected to what you originally wanted to happen anyway, which is you wanted to have a cup of tea or have breakfast or get dressed, etc. All the while keeping her, the, the sort of emotional truth of what she's going through intact and not denying it. Um, interestingly, very similar approach to children. Uh, when you've got angry, I uh, don't know if anybody listening to this has kids. Uh, I've got one. And again, I've, I've read some really great books. Uh, one called, I think, The Yes Brain Child. Uh, the other being The Optimistic Child. And it's all about, you know, training your kids to be resilient and stuff. And, 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 part of, and being able to overcome little challenges. And part of that, again, is when they're crying or having a tantrum. Or, I want this. Or, why can't I have my magic? Why can't I have a toy? Every time I go to fucking Woolworths, she's like, can we go down the toy aisle? So now I just have to prep her. For, yeah, well, we're going to go down the toy aisle, but we're not getting a toy, but we can look at the toys um, with a forlorn expression on our faces. Um, but, you know, why can't I have a toy? Any of that stuff. It's the same process. Just validate what they're going through. Oh, I wish you could have a toy. That would be great, but it's not a toy day today. I know have getting new toys feels awesome, doesn't it? What toy would you like if we got one? You know, so do a bit of wish fulfillment. I did that with mum as well. Like if you could, if you did meet your parents today, what would you tell them or what activities would you plan? Or maybe we can make a little um, itinerary for what you're going to do when you do meet your parents. So all of these things that just at least give some sense of control. And it's the same with kids. Yeah. What, okay. What toy would you like if you could have one? We're not getting one, but I, but I again, validate, you know. I know how it feels when you get a new toy. It makes you so happy, doesn't it? Oh, and it's so disappointing when you can't get one. So like, yeah, yeah, it's really disappointing, Dad. I really hate you. Oh, no. Well, I I understand that you hate me like I would hate me too if I said no to, if, if my dad said no to getting me a toy. I would. I always felt angry with him too. Really? Did you get angry with your dad? Yeah, I mean, if he didn't get me a toy, I'd get a bit sad for a while. Oh, right, okay. And then, you know, they know what they're going through isn't, bonkers where if they say i want a toy and you say no and they cry shut up <laughs> stop crying that's a stupid reaction what do you, do you think i'm just made of fucking toy magic i just shit these things out it costs money have you read the news recently have you seen what's going on <laughs> have you seen the cost of inflation and rising fucking i'm gonna have to sell a kidney you're lucky never mind getting a new toy i mean you're lucky you're not up a fucking chimney all right earning your keep <laughs> you little shit like none of that helps because suddenly they just feel like their emotional landscape is uh somehow a mistake um and that they they're wrong for feeling this way so on top of feeling sad they don't have a toy now they their brain is just like riddled with self-doubt and all this kind of stuff um, so hang on, I'm not getting a toy and I'm mad. Oh, what? This is a fucking shit day. So the, these same 
processes apply both to raising a child and to dealing with someone with, you know, uh, a version of dementia or mental impairment where they're experiencing delusions. And it's, you know, validate what they're going through. Don't deny the reality of what they're going through. Um, express a little bit of wish fulfillment. Like, I wish you could, but, you know, and if you did, what would you, blah, blah, blah. And get, basically show them that you're on their side, that you get what it's like to be in their head and then slowly redirect towards what you wanted, which is uh, to have breakfast or, or get and get the fuck out of Woolworths. Um, you know, it's a bit of a sort of Jedi mind trick or something, you know. But um, and it feels manipulative, but it does. I mean, with children, it raises resilient children because they grow up encountering negative emotions, but then knowing they're shown by their parents how to think their way through negative emotions and realize that um, the negative emotion is not permanent. And I think there's an, uh, an acronym RAIN, I think it was, recognize, acknowledge, investigate, and then non-identify or non-permanent. I can't remember. Recognizes, oh, you feel sad, don't you? Acknowledges, oh, feeling sad is horrible, isn't it? I, I don't like it when I feel sad. My father used to make me feel sad, blah, blah, blah. So I get what you're going through. Investigate now. What was investigating again? I can't quite remember. I'll have to look this up on Patreon. I'll post up the full thing. But um, investigate now. What what might be causing you to feel sad, or what do you really? Why is it not getting a toy makes you feel sad? Well, because I wanted. So you kind of you know prod a little bit there, and then non permanent. I think is the N of rain. It's like well, but you only feel sad now because you're not getting a toy. You're not going to feel sad all day, is it? And some days we do get toys, don't we? Yeah, we do get toys some days. So they realise that this isn't a permanent disaster um because if they if they think it is permanent then that leads to an inability to not catastrophize right you go i'm not getting a toy now therefore the rest of my life is going to be shit that's catastrophizing whereas if you can teach kids to realize things are not permanent and this applies to adults as well then they're not going to extrapolate from i didn't get a toy today to my whole life is going to be an absolute disaster. They're able to compartmentalize negative situations to, well, I didn't get a toy now, but later I'm going to watch a movie and play with my toys or play with dad or go swimming or whatever. So they're, they're able to see that it's, this thing doesn't bleed into everything else. So that's rain. R A I N I'll for the Patreon people. I'll, I'll write that up. Uh, I might've got some of the, what the letters mean wrong there. Um, but both these things work now. I realised, having got back uh, from the UK and having dealt with mum's delusions, not just every hour, but minute to minute, I mean, they're really coming thick and fast and it's, you know, I mean, it's extremely sad to see. Um, I mean, partly why I'm making these podcasts at the moment, and I promise this will abate, is therapy. I mean, just being able to talk about it is extremely, uh, it takes like a, there's like a weight on my chest that lifts so apologies for making you my um, my therapists um, that I can't even hear give me advice in return. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? What's your therapist like? Don't know. Um, but yeah, minute to minute, I mean, her, her dementia has really advanced quite a lot in the past six months. Uh, possibly again because of lockdowns. I don't know, but we'll we'll never be able to um, get to the end uh, bottom of that. But um, not that I'm anti lockdowns, just. I'm just pro-acknowledging that 
lockdowns made some people's lives worse. That's that's true. It's not controversial to say that. Made lots of people's lives better. So, you know, there you go. Um, but I realise, yeah, in, in putting aside your ego and putting aside your attachment to what you think is true, you're able to make other people happier and more receptive to an outcome that you had in mind, you know, which applies, I think, to the online space and online arguments and not just online arguments, but just, I I think, interactions generally as we move more and more into the online space at a terrifying pace. I saw an eight-month-old holding an iPhone this morning while their parents just sat and drank a tea Oh, Jesus Christ. That's like, just shove it in a fucking matrix pod already. Just what are you, what are you doing? Parents, <laughs> just like that kid needs long range vision. They need to be testing their eyesight, looking at things far away. They need to be still seeing you're there. And now there's this bright flashy thing between your child and your, seeing your face. Oh, what a disaster. We're not going to last much longer. You know that? Anyway, <laughs> um, there's going to be a crucial UN meeting. Um, <laughs> there's going to be a crucial UN meeting 20 years from now. It's like, so shall we do something about global warming? And then some coal mining magnate will just like drop a massive screen from the ceiling and play baby shark. <laughs> and the UN will just get distracted. You and General Assembly were, ooh, baby shark. Do, 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 do. What were we talking about again? Anyway, global fucking um, carpooling. Can't remember. Um, anyway, everything's fine, and I'll see you next year. You know, it'll just, with capacity to deal with reality, is just going to go out the fucking window, isn't it? Um, but when you're, when you're arguing with someone online, it's very similar. It's like, well, you can't just flat, outright deny their reality. I mean, you can if it's fun, if you're just doing it to be a sort of a troll, but the good version of a troll. <laughs> like at least if you're factually, a factually correct troll is at least better than like a racist troll or a sexist troll, but you're still a troll. Like, I think vaccines cause... Blah, blah. No, they don't, you fuckwit, fucking Nazi piece of shit. It's like, okay, good. Um, you are on the right side of history. You are nevertheless not doing anything to help. Um, but you, you can't just say, you know, I'm voting for Trump because I think Mexicans are going to steal all our jobs. No, they're not, you racist, absolute fuck knuckle. Because in their, in their head, it's as real as, you know, my mum thinking that her parents are alive. Like it's that real to them. They've clicked all the wrong things. They've been brought up the way they have. Their social circle is the way that it is. They believe Mexicans are going to steal their jobs. People believe Brexit was going to do blah, blah, blah. People think that COVID vaccines do blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you're not going to... The problem is you're reacting to the last domino you're seeing the last domino in a chain of dominoes that goes back two kilometers 
right? The number of things that had to fall into place for that person to believe that thing means that you are going to be catastrophically unsuccessful in countering their viewpoint by focusing on the thing they've most recently expressed in that last domino. Because that last domino, that final piece falling over, that final, all of those dominoes lining up to get to the position where the person's going, do I think, you know, Mexicans are blah. Like the work, the huge amount of work that has had to go in, you know, fall in line for that person to think that. I mean, it's it's enormous, right? And so you're not going to win by focusing, getting angry at that last domino. You, What you have to do, if you really wanted to, is to slowly uh, put all those dominoes back up again. If you want to undo the thing that they believe. Um, and you're not going to do, you just, nobody has time for that. Like you'd have to sit with that person for three weeks, four weeks, a month, six months. You have to live with them and their family and ingratiate yourselves with them to earn their trust to the point that they start actually listening to you. Nothing's going to happen um, if you try and combat it uh, in that way online. Go, no, you're not. You Nazi. Blah, 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 you cuck. I mean, isn't it interesting that both sides have their own go-to words to just when they just get angry and anger takes over and you get, what is it? Uh, mammal brain or reptilian brain kicks in and just, you, all you become is a reaction. You just become a fucking, you know, an angry bundle of reactive energy. Um, so what you, the only thing that might work is empathy and I, and understanding, and I do not mean, and I, this will really pisses me off when I say we need to understand these people um, is when people then take that to mean the sympathetic, they need a cuddle definition of understanding. Um, what I mean is they, they need, um, we, we, we need to understand what creates these people because that's, that's, that's how you make sure it doesn't happen more often. I mean, you don't, um, what am I trying to say here? Like when, when somebody says something awful online, again, you're seeing, you're seeing the, the last page in a book that is a thousand pages long. And so the only way to make sure or decrease the likelihood of that thing being said again in the future by other people is you're going to have to delve into those other 999 pages and see the story that created that person. Cause they're not, cause that's the other thing I doubt, I doubt really, again, unless you live with them and slowly gain their trust and build rapport, I doubt you're ever going to engage someone online in a way that's going to actually change their minds. Um, but, um, if you, so that person is possibly a lost cause, but to, to uh, make sure future people have less chance of becoming a copy of that person. you do. We, we need to look at the 999 pages before that final page to understand what was the story that went into creating this, this thing. Um, otherwise, if, if we just shout at the last page and go, no, that's wrong, then it's, again, you, you know, you've, you, 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 
you're just, yeah, you're just looking at that last domino. You're looking at that last page without looking at the, you know, a thousand dominoes that went into creating the, the, the cause and effect, the links they had to click, um, the society they lived in, the systemic, structural, you know, the work cultures that they happened to be in, the friends they had, the micro little jokes they made, um, you know, their father, but all of these like contributing factors, you know. Um, but the one thing we know won't work is just going, well, yeah, you're a fuckwit, fuck off, you piece of shit. Um, you know, if it's if it's Brexit or voting for Trump or if it's a vaccine conspiracy, um, the... You know, a lot, there's a there was a huge number of um, mothers who, I think, got sucked into QAnon because they initially went there, maybe not even knowing where they were going, but going to links online about you know how to protect your children and all this sort of stuff, and make well you know let's make sure our children get the best and make sure our children aren't being injected with blah blah blah, and so you go in for that and then. Slowly again, it's that domino effect. It's the, the the thousand dominoes that go into creating the final one that falls over, which is you know <laughs> you end up. They go in caring about their children. They come out the other side convinced that um, Ronald Reagan is from outer space um, and he's still alive and um, is part of some anti-pedophile intergalactic space unit. You know, it's like how did I get from? But that's. But what you see there is care for children, right? And that's your in, right? That's the that's the bridge at which you might be able to build empathy. Um, and so if someone's saying, I don't believe in vaccines because blah, 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 if it's a mother or a father or a relative of a kid or whoever, I don't know, but you assume potentially that there's a care for a loved one there, which is why they're against vaccines, right? Like, I don't want that in my kid because I think it's going to do this to their DNA. So or, already there's an in, right? It's like, well, oh, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I, I fucking worry about my kids all the time. I, I would hate to think that I was putting something in them, that blah, blah, blah. And then at least you're building that rapport and meeting them on their turf, and once you're on their turf, um, I don't know where this metaphor's going. You can start tending to their garden. Is there a garden? Is there, is there a garden on the turf? Tending to their flower beds, the flower beds of truth, on the turf of delusion. Um, tend tend to their the garden of truth on their turf. Um, you can at least you can at least start something something more over and above writing them off and then dropping, doing a mic drop on the internet and walking away like, oh, I just, I fucking showed that person killer put down. I own that biatch. You know, it's just like, well, well done you. Again, if that's all you're concerned about, you're, again, you're on the right side of history, but you're still a troll. If all you're concerned about is owning, (laughs) I'm here to own conservatives online. Great. Well done. That's going to help a lot. Um, you know, this fascinating, I was reading a story, uh, sorry, uh, a book called Conflicted, which is a lovely book my wife bought for me. 
um, Conflicted Why Arguments Are Tearing Us Apart and How They Can Bring Us Together. And that's by Ian Leslie. Um, and he, he recounts the story of the, what is it, the Branch Davidians? Was it David Koresh? Um, and how the FBI negotiations with them were an absolute disaster because they weren't speaking the language of the people inside the, you know, the camp with all the guns and stuff. But, um, and there's transcripts of the conversations and, and you know, David or a, a Davidian supporter would be on the phone or the radio or whatever saying, you know, today we woke up and prayed to God and we're all happy and we're going to stay here forever and blah, blah, blah. And the FBI like, yes, but when are you going to release the hostages? Release the hostages. How many hostages can you release today? I don't know why they sound like this. I sound like Richard Aode. Um... <laughs> You can't handle the crunch. They um, don't talk to me about the crunch. You can't handle the crunch. They um, they would he, he would make a terrible FBI. <laughs> He'd make a terrible uh, FBI investigator. That is for sure. Now come out with your hands up. I know it looks a bit weird, but I'm <laughs> come out here and we can talk about the crunch. Okay, but come out. I'm not going to hurt you. <laughs> Just. <laughs> automatically just sounds weird um so what was i talking yes so the negotiations just fell apart they fell apart because the well for one the, the branch divisions didn't think the people or david koresh didn't think the people in the house were hostages so already there's just a terminology clash like the fbi are saying come out release the hostages how many hostages can you release when are you going to release them and david's like well these people are here of their free will and they love me and blah 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 so there's just a mismatch in communication and um, it, you know, it wasn't that that negotiation didn't turn out so well. Um, but if you say, oh, you are, you know, if, if you try and re if you try and connect on their level, you know, there are lots of examples of uh, negotiations going far, far better. I can't remember the specific details, but there's a famous anecdote story of uh, he met, who was it? Um, Somebody de Klerk, um, who was, I think, oh gosh, I've, I mean, I read this this morning. Um, but, oh gosh, I really wish. He, he met, he met somebody and, oh my God, uh, he was associated with the National Party. That's right. And um, they were, they were obviously, they oversaw or were very in favor of like, traditional apartheid policy um and you know nelson mandela met him and invited him in for a cup of tea and was extremely civil to him and worked him like worked him really hard you know but and came to it on his terms about wanting you know south africa to be to flourish and blah 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 which ultimately you know it's like you know mothers and fathers who don't want their kids to be vaccinated people who want their country to flourish um, you know, people people who are scared that Mexicans are going to come and steal their jobs because they need the money to care for their family. There's a lot of a lot of these like awful ideologies or delusions that come from uh, a very misplaced sense of like care um, and selfishness. Ultimately, like it comes down to that as well. Like I want my I'm looking out for number one here. 
So if the Mexicans are going to come and threaten number one, then that's what I'm going to vote for Trump. But if you, if but if that's the the language that which they're you know the level at which their brain is operating, then that might be the space in which you need to play. It's an empathetic uh, strategy rather than a factual one. And then once you're on board, once you're in there empathetically, then you can work the person towards a a constructive outcome. But I think the problem is we see people who say these awful things. Um, you know, or anti-factual things. And we assume that they're doing it, and some people probably are doing it for fun, for shits and giggles. I mean, there's a lot of trolling and and a lot of that culture was born out of crummy fucking sub-forums in some dark corner of the internet where people just say the worst things possible thinking they're some kind of, I don't know, proto, proto? neo George Carlin, Bill Hicks character, like, I'm going to say dangerous things online as a provocateur. It's like, yeah, but you're not saying it with a purpose beyond being a piece of shit. Anyway, the, the, some people maybe do say, I mean, undoubtedly people say awful things just for the sake of it because some people are psychopaths and horrible and all these things. Some people, a lot of people, um, we see them say horrible things and we assume that they are doing that. We assume they are like me or you. We assume they're an educated, lovely person who has nevertheless evaluated everything and decided to be evil. Um, as if once they stop tweeting the horrible thing or the non-factual thing, or the conspiracy thing, they go back to a normal life and they're just like you and me and actually believe the opposite of the thing they've just tweeted or said. Again, caveat, full, fully in place, there are those people. Those people do exist, obviously. But a lot of these people aren't. A lot of these people are the last domino in that chain of a thousand dominoes. They are fully... Uh, the the, the, the uh, chain of events that's had to be perfectly in place to create that person is very complex and they really do believe the thing they're saying. Um, they're not, they're not evil for a, a bit of the time. And then the rest of the time they're not deluded. Hence why you get frustrated with them. Like, why do you, why are you saying this? Don't you know reality? It's like, no, their reality is completely different to yours. You know, it's, it's not as it, you know, it'd be like, um, I, I'm always I, I always like watch love watching the bad guys in Star Wars or any movie like the Orcs in Fellowship of the Ring or sorry Fellowship of the, yeah the Orcs specifically in that one movie in the uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy hate the Orcs in the second two films the Orcs in the um, in all of the <laughs> Lord of the Rings all of the films I love watching them and, and just thinking like what a commitment to evil that is you know like you see all the the very very british um crew in star wars uh, in the empire it's like you know um okay fire up the death star load it up captain all right we're going to target this planet population five million okay ready to destroy and you know they just do it and then in my head that i mean this is what you're dealing with online. Like they live, that's not like they do that with that posh voice and then go home and like really lovely and like that's their identity 
all the time because there's no way it could be any other, it can't be any other way. You'd, your brain would fracture. It's, it's not <laughs> to me. It's a bit, it's not like you know they switch from I don't know. Um, if, It's time for the Jedi to be destroyed. Fire at will, Commander. Today, finally, the Sith will have their victory over all the... Oh, hang on a second. Hi, darling. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Oh, right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. Yeah, horrible day at work. Yeah, yeah. Bloody Jedi everywhere. <laughs> oh. Anyway, yeah. What's that? Poached chicken. Oh, my fave. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> the Emperor. Emperor Palpatine loves poached chicken. Um, yeah, all right. Okay, see you later. Oh, no. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. She hang up. And then the Jedi will all bow before the might of the... You know, it's not... It's not... Like, he doesn't... He is that all the time. He doesn't go home and pop slippers on. You know, and this is the same with the people on the internet. They're not, a lot of the people are saying the horrible things because they're absolutely in it, okay? It is as real to them and it is as part, you know, it is an absolute 360 degree four-dimensional reality for them. And so going, yeah, but you're wrong, you fuckwit, is just, it's like me saying to my mum, yeah, but your parents are dead. She does not believe that. Okay, so you're not going to get to a productive outcome. I'm not going to get my mum to have breakfast and get dressed. Just contradicting her all the time. It's like that Monty Python sketch, you know. Come here for an argument. You know, it's just like the... They... That is fully what they think. So either give up and focus on... I mean, the most productive thing we can do... I, I say, I mean, I'm not an expert. In my mind, there are two things uh, to do when you see someone going, oh, vaccines or uh, Trump, I'm going to vote for Trump in 20, whatever. Um, you can, if you've got the time and the, the patience uh, of a saint and no life at all, maybe you can engage them through as much as it hurts, a prism of, of good faith argument and, and attempted empathy because they're probably, and again, I'm talking about quite a specific group of people. Some people are just lost. Some people are hateful, awful people. But, you know, there are, there are lots of people who just genuinely believe vaccines are bad or that genuinely believe you know, the Im super tight immigration, you know, people that vote for Pauline Hansen, they can't just, they've got families and are presumably nice at home, but they're still, you know, they're just voting for it. Cause like, Oh, I'm worried about my job. Like they're not, they don't pro as well. A lot of them probably do proactively hate immigrants. A lot of them just proactively love their own family and want to protect it at all costs and think that immigrants don't have a right or whatever to come here, if that jeopardizes our own quality of life or some shit, I don't know what they think. But they, you're not, if you've got the time, empathy is the best strategy, not 
empirical fact because you're just, you're smashing, you know, you're trying to, at that point, make a cup of tea using a chocolate teapot. You know, it's completely fucking pointless. It's not going to work. Um, Empathy is the best strategy because um, they are, uh, they believe the thing they believe, you know. Um, and, and but otherwise, otherwise just don't bother because you're just going to make it worse. You're going to make them worse. You're going to make them hunker down. You know, with kids having a tantrum, you can't have ice cream. Well, oh, we're going to have fucking I want ice cream. Yeah, but you're not. You're not having a fucking ice cream. Go to your fucking room. I'm not going to my room. And then they kick a vase over or something. This doesn't happen with my kid, by the way, but I've seen it happen. You know, we see it happen a lot, kids in terms. It's like, well, now, now you've got a kid who wants ice cream and a broken vase. Like you've literally just, the amount of bad things in the world has just increased. Um, but um, what you, the, the, all we can do is either approach the situation with empathy um, and you know, we, I mean, there's even been examples. And again, I just think this is why get off your fucking smart devices. There, there have been cases of, you know, civil rights workers who have converted KK people who are so far down the rabbit hole that they're KKK members. I mean, that's really, really, I mean, the level of Again, the number of dom- dominoes you have to prop back up again to undo how that person got to that final domino is just, the, I mean, Christ. But again, that's the work that will work. This online vortex of just, no, you fucking Nazi, well, you little cuck. Like, it's just, you're just going to end up with an angry kid and a broken vase. Like we're just, you're just increasing the net amount of hatred. Um, and, and nothing constructive is going to come out of it, except that they're going to hunker further down into their delusion. Um, same as, you know, same as my mum. Yes, my parents are alive. You're just trying to stop me seeing them. Like that's where you end up. That's where I, you know, my one or two slip ups where I've gone, no mum, really, we just can't, you know, she's had a doctor's appointment to get to and I've been a bit hasty and underslept because uh, she's woken up multiple times in the night and my dad died. So I wasn't sleeping very well. Um, and in my weaker moments, I, I did, I nearly got snappy. And, you know, I was like, mum, please. Okay, fine. You want to see your parents, but we've just got to get out the front door. I'm so sorry, mum, but we've got to go. So you just don't want me to see them. And then, you know, I mean, then you've lost, you know. Um, they just hunker down further into their... Um, they just hunker down further into their delusions and you just end up with yeah, an increased net amount of hatred. That's, this is again, uh, it's important to delineate between like, I'm not, between saying that labelling people and countering them with facts isn't going to have a long-term benefit in that specific instance. There's a difference between that and saying, Therefore, you're not allowed to call out hatred online or whatever. You're not allowed to call out hate speech or whatever online. Because um, there is, there can be that confusion of saying, look, labelling people racist online uh, isn't going to do anything. That's not the same as if you experience racism or see racism, don't call it out. Those are two separate things. Um, but if you, I'm saying if you, I guess I'm talking about some sort of, 
I don't know what I'm talking about. There's a, there are tears of hate or wrongness or delusion. And I think, I think some of those are salvageable through empathy. Um, you know, your casual Pauline Hanson voter who's vaguely concerned about, I don't know, foreigners taking jobs, um, you know, is, isn't, going full throttle and calling them, oh, you're a, you voted Paul and Hans, well, then you're a racist. Well, then now they're going to hunker down. So I think that's what I'm talking about is the the catch-all label as a sort of statement of your own values um, against these people. It's, you know, and again, it's important to call it out, but the, there are, if you're in a discussion or you're actually trying to, if you genuinely want to work, push that person even a fraction of a percent, towards thinking better just unfortunately empathy has to be the um a tactic yeah it's a tactic it's you don't even have to actually empathize with them i'm not saying you need to really care for these people because again that gets the response of oh yeah the people who really need care are the you know the the anti-vaxxers not the families have lost loved ones to covid they're not the ones who need our sympathy i'm not saying you literally need to sympathize with them i'm saying Empathy is a strategy. Get inside their heads, get in their turf, speak in their f- f- uh, frames of reference. Is 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 it the only thing that's going to work? And anything other than that is just accidental. Maybe you don't mean to. Is accidental trolling? It's just a, an online game that's not going to work, and you're going to end up with an an, an increase in the net amount of stress, hatred and cortisol in the world and then the world's just even more fucked. Um, A lot of people think bad things because of some ulterior motivation that in its early stages wasn't hatred but has become that over time. Care for your family, care for your country, care for something and... And again, huge caveat, that's not everyone. There's a lot of lost causes who are just pure hatred who do deserve our genuine, <laughs> genuine, genuine disgust. Um, but yeah, I'm just dealing with my mum, dealing with delusions moment to moment and seeing what works and what doesn't to me and, and seeing case examples, you know, seeing the FBI fuck up with the Branch Davidian, seeing Nelson Mandela successfully work with someone who wanted apartheid, um, seeing people unconvert or convert back people, members of the KKK, you know, these are, it is possible. Um, but in all of these instances, there was a lot of sitting down and cups of tea and spending time. And so I wonder what our mission is on social media what what's the game what what is what do we want out of that um because i i think it's it's time to wave a white flag and just go well it's just you know it's good to spread awareness it's good to spread news it's good to say this happened and it's awful it's good to share our collective rage at something but in terms of taking pot shots at individuals and trying to you know getting involved in our you're just never going to have an argument online that works uh, unless empathy is involved and again for empathy to become involved at all i wonder if 
that's even possible without being face to face. Um, and as we, after lockdowns, COVID for two years, and we're becoming more um, increasingly just sat at desks and interacting the world with the world through screens and Zoom meetings and stuff. Uh, that's something we really need to uh, treasure is empathy because it's going to get harder and harder to exercise it the more detached from people we are and the more we interact with people through screens, etc. So we have to be so careful about that because it works. It really, really works. Um, and increasingly we're being pushed towards a societal model that that won't work. Like it, it's not a, you know, the, the world we're moving towards does not provide fertile ground for empathy to flourish at all, um, which is why, you know, uh, as a practical step, uh, as we wrap up this episode, um, something we can all do to foster more empathy is, is you can practice it at home. Um, if you think your empathy is taking a bit of a hit recently, you find it hard to see things from other people's perspectives, or even though if you don't see it from their perspective, you can see how they might've ended up seeing things from that perspective. You don't have to see things from their perspective. You can just, again, if you're reading page 1000, um, try and imagine just realize that you have 999 other pages of work to do to fully appreciate the complexity of that person and why they think uh, the thing they think. Um, if you're having trouble feeling empathy towards people if, and, and if you're feeling that um, contemporary society and, and just the just sort of paradigm in general at the moment is sapping that, and if you're conscious of that, if you're like, fuck, I really just like look at people with a frown all the time on the train and I just, I was always looking at people, just, just I'm thinking about myself and thinking that person's fucking annoying. Look, his knee is touching my knee when we're sitting down the train. That person's probably a complete shit. It's like maybe that person's just come from a funeral or and just isn't thinking about you right now. Maybe that person is a story. If you're feeling your empathy is lacking, um, there are things you can do about that. You can do um, a meditation called the Meta Bhavna. That's quite nice. That's just where you repeat. Uh, well, you can choose the phrase really, may I be well, may I be happy, may I progress, or any other nice sayings, may I be healthy, may I be free from suffering, um, just any positive affirmation really. And you can just repeat that on loop, not... I, I tend to find three sentences enough. I, I I tend to stick with may I be happy, may I be well, may I progress, because that's nice and simple. It's easy to remember. The last thing you want to be doing when you're meditating is scrambling to remember things. Um, and you just repeat that about yourself until you generate some positive sentiment towards yourself. Um, maybe set a timer on your phone to ring every five minutes, and when your five-minute bell rings, move to the next phase, which is now wishing those same feelings towards someone you love uh, and already have positive sentiment towards, uh, preferably non-sexual, because that tends to get in the way. Um, I found that. Um, um, may they be happy with me. Oh, um, you don't want that creeping in your head. <laughs> Boom. You know, porn music kicks in. Um, 
May they progress to my balls. Just, oh, shit, shit. I'm a shit Buddhist. Um, yes, a non-sexual, someone you love. May they be happy. May they be well. May they progress. You know, may he, she, whoever. Um, and again, five minutes, whatever, 10 minutes if you feel up for it. Until you're feeling positive sentiment. But then, and then the same again, next stage, someone you feel neutral about. So like your postman or someone you've seen across the street, got a bit of lettuce hanging out of their mouth. Uh, whoever, the bus driver, uh, that kid who farted when they walked on the bus, um, whoever, you know, just someone neutral. Um, your kid's high school teacher who you've met twice, <laughs> um, whose second name you don't even remember, Mr. Mrs. Franapananan. Don't know, can't remember. I remember my kid's teacher's name, so screw you. Um, and finally, someone you hate someone you have negative feelings towards. And the idea is that because you've done the first three stages, uh, often you're now so full of positive sentiment uh, that you it's actually quite easy to transfer onto someone you hate. Um, and I'm not talking about someone you hate, like, you know, you'd have to like wish trying in your own head, wish happy birthday to like Adolf Hitler or something. <laughs> it doesn't have to be that. Pol Pot, may he be well, maybe, you know, nothing like, you don't have to go that far. It used to be someone you genuinely have a troubled friend relationship with. Um, you do that and then you finish. And generally speaking, what then happens is you go about your day and you treat everyone with a lot more um, love and respect than you might otherwise have done because you just, you're just feeling positive sentiment towards everyone and that's lovely. Um, I think, actually, I think there is a, uh, one, two, three, four, there is a fifth segment to the Metabavna meditation which is then wishing everything now now that you're feeling now that you're able even able to conjure positive thoughts towards people you don't even like well now the world sky's the limit so then you can do a, a fifth uh, section which is wishing everything well happiness and may everything progress like all living things trees birds people doesn't matter um and then you have it that's that's one way to if we need more empathy in the world and if empathy is the only way to engage those with which with whom we disagree with even a modicum chance of success, um, then that's one way to make sure you enter into online interactions preloaded with fuckloads of empathy so that when that person says, yeah, well, I mean, your link's rubbish – because that's written by NASA and they're the lizards. Here's my link from WordPress um, that's actually heaps better. You know, if you've preloaded with shitloads of empathy, then at least you're going to be able to bite your tongue and go, WordPress, you absolute, <laughs> absolute twaddle, you numpty fucking nincompoop, you absolute fucking idiots. At least you can refrain from that. All right, well, you know. Yeah, gosh, I can see how that could appear convincing. Yeah, I mean, anyway, I really appreciate that you provided that link to me. It's clear that you care about this, you know, all that shit. It's better than nothing, and we need a lot more than and anything better, more than nothing right now. Like, you know, humanity's on a real tight schedule right now. <laughs> so, I was, yeah, but I mean, the difference that's going to make is negligible. I, would, I will take negligible that exists over fucking nothing at all at this point. 
I think we, and you know, and again, if everybody took that, if there were 7.8 billion people on earth willing to take a punt on a bit of difference, but it's negligible, then all of that almost negligible difference together might amount to actual difference, but certainly more difference than just going, oh, you fucking QAnon shit on Twitter, you know. It's, it's, you know, anyway, I've said enough. That's an hour. Um, so I hope that's been of use. Um, and again, huge caveat, I'm not saying um, don't call stuff out. I'm not saying if somebody says something racist online, don't say what you said is racist. Um, I'm, I'm saying, well, anyway, you heard the episode. You can... You can figure out the nuance of what I was getting at for yourself. I think you know what I mean. Um, I'm not saying don't call things out, though. I'm just saying um, come to come to disagreements uh, with with those with whom you yeah with those with whom you disagree and who occupy a completely different worldview. Treat them like they're in a delusion. Um, flat out contradiction is just going to make them hunker down more. What works is any amount of recognition and empathy up front and then maybe on the other side of that you might be able to walk them towards a positive outcome. I mean, the positive outcome for me is, you know, I want my mum to have breakfast. That's got absolutely nothing to do factually with whether or not her parents are alive. Um, And so, you know, at the end of the day, do you want to be right or do you want an outcome? Um, I, I don't care if global warming is prevented by a bunch of people who think that uh, the sky is green. But if, they, if they're the people who get it done, then the fact that it's done is the important thing. Whether or not they get to say, we were right, um, is irrelevant. What we need now is results, not um, people keeping a tally of how fucking many arguments they nailed, you know? And what we need is outcomes. So... If if it means action, if it means one person has taken a step away from untruth, do whatever it takes. Um, but it's clear what it doesn't take is just flat-out contradiction and name-calling um, and denial of their reality. Because, it again, I'll say this last time, it is their reality. To them, it's fucking real. So going, yeah, but that's not true, like... Who are you to, to to them? It's like, who are you to say that? Like, you're not seeing everything through my eyes. Um, you know, we we come to these situations as if with the with the sort of um, uh, the the there's a word that's fucking left. Um, fuck. It's my new. Um, that's an, that's the new an item of my vocabulary has been deleted by my brain noise um we come to it with the come on brain for mother fucking christ's sake um we come to it with the vibe i'll go with that for now we come to that with the vibe and dynamic tone of like a doctor who's diagnosing a patient. You know, we, we we come with it with status and assuming we're in the right, you know, and that they are the poor, 
ill-informed masses. Well, guess what? They think the same thing in reverse. They don't think they're patients and we're doctors. They think we're the ill-informed masses and they're the ones with all the knowledge and superiority, etc. Um, and so what you end up with is, a, is an entire hospital full of patients <laughs> split into two groups. Both sets of patients believe they're the doctors. Now, that's a hospital that's never going to generate results. Um, you, so that is an asylum. That's not a hospital at all. A hospital full of patients who all think they're doctors, <laughs> who all think they're experts, who all think they're right, and they don't need to listen to the other half is just... Uh, it's an asylum, isn't it? That's what Twitter is. It's a fucking asylum. It's a it's a hospital full of two sets of patients, both of whom think the, <laughs> they're the doctors and the other half of patients. Just like, I know what's best. You are wrong. You need to listen to me. I'm Richard Iodi again. Um, it's happened again. Um, anyway, so that yeah, it's you know that's that's the online space to me. <laughs> it's a hospital populated entirely by patients. Um, who are convinced the other half are doctors anyway or they're the doctors and the other half are patients and it's the same in reverse that's where we're at um, so you can't you can't say you're wrong because that who are you to deny their reality um, anyway I've said enough haven't I so anyway that was I thought that was worth a little exploration I, I really I just I found dealing with my mum very similar to a lot of the advice I've been reading in books about arguing and win how to convince people and persuade people and negotiation and walking people away from harmful ideologies or fake news, which again, we're all going to need a lot more of that now that there's fucking AI generating photorealistic images. Like, look, here's proof. Here's proof that Donald Trump can do jiu-jitsu. I think that is an AI-generated photorealistic image. And again, we're all doomed. Humanity is on a really tight schedule right now. And anything we can do to uh, arm ourselves with tools and techniques to walk people away from fake news, untruths, and harmful ideology um, is a good thing. And that thing happens to be empathy, which means you need to drop your ego. Hey, it's in the title of the podcast, isn't it? Um, all right. I have really appreciated your time in listening to this. And um, yeah, I hope some of that's been useful. Thoughts, comments, as always, um, get back to me. Patreon people, I will put again links to some of the books and things I've referenced. I'll try and get some of the details of that negotiation between Nelson Mandela and whoever it was correct, because that's kind of an important historical moment, isn't it? Um, and also that RAIN acronym I'll try and get that in there too so that's there for Patreon people alright, thanks so much have a lovely day